Hello, and welcome to With Open Mouths, the podcast. I'm your host, Kanita Lila. This podcast runs alongside Agnes's exhibition of the same name. The exhibition interrogates conventional museum practices. It asks if objects that originate outside Western knowledge-making systems, like those from Africa, can find their voices in new ways. In this podcast, I sit down with musicians, artists, curators, and spoken word poets to discuss the expression of their artistic practice, to find out what inspired them to open their mouths and be heard. Taught a new language, distorted our face, what a shame. We were shining, they wanted us in shade. They thought we would stay slaves. Today, I'm excited to meet Jamil 3DN. Jamil wrote the incredible music for this podcast. And when I first met him to discuss the project, I knew that I had to include him and talk with him again. Raised in Toronto's West End, Jamil 3DN discovered solace through storytelling at a young age. His Jamaican background instilled in him the importance of feeling in the performance arts. It is something he has carried with him closely while making music throughout his career. What began as an outlet for jotting down the goings-on of every day as a child transitioned into poetic stanzas that unveiled the observations of life lessons of adulthood. Holding nothing back, Jamil 3DN's rhymes are candid, spitfire tales of his experience as a black man. He takes listeners on a ride as he sheds light on the obstacles he has faced that are often tied to the color of his skin. His last four projects was a four-part series called Letters Form, Words Speak. This project invites you to take a journey with him through his most trying experiences. Though he doesn't come out the other end unscathed, he is a better man for it. As a father of three kids, the MC understands the weight of his words and uses them to share messages that encourage personal and communal elevation rather than conformity, especially within the Black community. Flipping to the next chapter, Jamil 3DN has faith in the path he has chosen and wants his music to be received with an open mind and a clean heart. As we fight to be heard, black bodies in the earth, creators of culture, disconnected from birth, yeah, so we let them sell us worth, so this fables and it worked, so we mask in pain cause it hurts, yeah, black pain being hanged like some merch, they tell our story, but let us tell you first, we were stolen, put on display, taught a new language, Distorted our face, what a shame. We were shining, they wanted us in shade. They thought we would stay slaves. One chapter, but this novel has. Welcome, Jamil. How you doing? How you doing? Man, that sound, you made that sound so beautiful. 
That was beautiful. That yeah. was awesome. Thank you so much for providing such an honest introduction for me. No problem. So I wanted to talk about this first sentence, how you discovered solace through storytelling. Can you start by giving me a, a background of what it was like growing up? There's no problem. Well, I'm the only boy out of uh, three, you know, three children in my mother, well, in my house at the time, because my father went on to have another child. And um, I was the middle child. So for me, you know, I would say it's, it was difficult um, because my eldest sister, she was my mother's favorite and my younger sister was my father's favorite. So I was kind of just, you know, not only being the only boy, but being, but feeling like nobody's favorite, you know, I was, I was, I was angry, to be honest, you know, um, I felt as the boy child, you know, I should have been my father's favorite, <laughs> as dumb as that sounds, but um, um, it, it never went that way for me. So early on, I would act out. Um, I, I would, I would act out a lot. Actually, I had anger problems, temper, had a terrible temper tantrum. Um, not in the way like you know the media kind of explains it, because. You know, in the Jamaican household, you can't you can't be too what we call bright. You know, you have to have manners and respect. But when I would go outside and with strangers, you know, the littlest thing would kind of just set me off, and I would get in trouble. But um, my I would say my mother saw that within myself, within me, and she tried to, and she did actually successfully get me to understand my emotions and my feelings. Um, and she would ask me. What what I know now is, you know, difficult questions, you know, as a mother with a son, you know, how I felt about my relationship with my father from like a very young age, like like from six, seven years old. And I think that's what kind of started off, you know, my core, you know, story, because through that I was able to understand some of my feelings, not completely because I was still a child, but, you know, through that I started writing short stories literally about my home life. Um, I went to Calico grade five, you know, after being kicked out of so many schools that my teacher, Mr. Daly, you know, started me off, you know, by writing short stories. So I used to have this thing called, even though this is, you know, I can't be sued for it, but I was a kid. I, I used to read a lot of Jigsaw Jones books. So I, used to, I had my first story ever was Jigsaw Jones, Jamil Coons. And, <laughs> and pretty much I used my home life and things that were going on in my house to write these stories. And it was a way, you know, I, I it, was, it was it was serious, but it was a lot of, a little comedy. And that's how I kind of started um, getting out my feelings and finding peace within, you know, some of the things that were going on. And from there, it just developed into poetry, you know, and then from poetry, I went into rhyming. So a lot of times when I'm going through hard times and, I'm not I'm not understanding certain emotions, you know. I, I use my my writing ability to to um find peace in my situations, whether it's a short story, a poem, or a a rap or a song. You know, so I write a lot of songs too that I don't sing because I don't believe I can sing, but <laughs> you know that is I mean? not true. That is uh, that is not true. You have a, a, an amazing voice. And 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 like in one of your emails, you actually yeah. said, you know, you, like that you didn't want to sing, and yeah. uh, you know, like who in heaven's name said that you could not sing? When did that happen? 
uh, from a kid, so from a child, again, you know, I, and I'll say this: I'm a I'm a big believer in, in anything you anything we face as adults, you know, within ourselves or any struggles. Mm-hmm. I do believe it starts from childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from a child, I was I was they would say I was talented, and I could do almost anything I put my mind to, but sing. So it's like you know, they say Jimmy can do any everything, but he can't sing, <laughs> and that that's that stuck with me. To be honest, mm. Um, mm. to this day, I go to the studio and a lot of singers and even my engineers like, yo, Jamil, you could sing. You just have to like practice and you know, get some a little bit more training. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I, even if I went to training, I couldn't take myself serious because I feel like I think I'm a singer and then mm. I get too full of myself. And then I'm, <laughs> I, I just feel like that would happen to me personally because, mm. you know, uh, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but um, this the, that song specifically, it was a, I, like I said, I like to, you know, emotion is important to me, and people, and even just myself, feeling a, a song, like that's that's that that supersedes everything. So that's why I did it. You know, I just turned the lights off, and I kind of just, I like to, I feel like I touch, you no, know, I I get touch with my soul, mm. and I deliver what I think is necessary. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I wondered, I wondered, like, what, you know, what, what, like, inspired you, like, what, you know, was it the subject matter, or, you know, it just, it just felt like really close, as if it was the sound that was being bottled up for a long time, and then it just, you know, you kind of finally just opened up that bottle. Um, that conversation we had, um, that day when you explained the, uh, the, uh, the podcast and the exhibit, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to butcher what you said, but it was along the lines of um, the part that was inspiring to me was, you know, the the similarity between what the mask went through and what African people went through in terms yeah. of, you know, slavery. And that, for me, that's something that's very dear to me because I was directly affected by that. And that's something I kind. I don't struggle with it, but um, it's hard for me to understand why. Just because of the effects, like I still feel the effects, you know, my children feel the effects, you know, um, and and not and, and it sounds like oh man, so long ago, how do you feel the effects? Mm-hmm. Just that it was trauma passed down, you know, and if you know yeah. anything about trauma, it's passed down mm-hmm. also through DNA, yeah. so. Um, and it's 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 like it's intergenerational, it's yeah. you know, um, and if we don't talk about it, then it just gets buried, and we don't, you know. Um, exactly yeah and so yeah so like so from for for me um i like i said you inspired me because it, like it was a story that i felt i i, I wanted to tell what well, i didn't know i wanted to tell so when you when you sparked that um when when that creativity was sparked by what you told me i felt it it's not even like something i thought about you know what i mean yeah. Not something like you know, yeah. Because a lot of times you write, you know, you're thinking about a story. That was different. Like it was, it was, it was yeah. almost like spiritual, maybe. Yeah, you know? and and, yeah. and 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 yeah, like I got that feeling that it was there. You know, with with a lot of um, you know, the people that I talked to, but even like that. That's why I I knew I had to bring you back because I got that sense that it, it's been there. You know, it's it's stuff that's been there and that needs to, you know, it, it needs like an outlet. Um, so I, I, anyway, but I, I'll talk about the um, song again. I want to go back to your childhood and, you know, what were your challenges, you, you know, because it's, 
I get a sense that it, it was tough. It was it was difficult to, you know, find your voice, even though you were, you know, doing a lot of story writing, but it, it wasn't as easy as that, you know. It, it must have been really tough, like growing up as a boy, you know, having a creative outlet at all. It's unusual for, you know, boys to kind of, to write, I think. Um, I, I would say, you know what? I never thought of it like that. I, when I think about it, you're right. I was probably one of the only male writers when I think about it. Um, like I said, I, I can I can credit my mother because my mother, I think I think first I think the reason why there's not a lot of boy writers is because we're not really in touch with our emotions, yeah. you know, from from young. But my mother, um, she made it a priority for me to understand my feelings. Right. I think once you begin to understand your feelings, you can kind of write about it, um, whether it's personal or for or for, you know, public, you know, consumption. But um, I, I would say that growing up, I did feel like I wasn't heard. Mm. You know, I felt like life wasn't fair, to be honest. Um, my older sister. So this sounds terrible, honestly. And I apologize to my older sister. So my older sister's father, he passed away um before she was born and um my father and my mother got together and then three four years later they had me but um no no but but no uh well my father you know paid a lot more attention to my older sister so me knowing all these details as a kid i always felt like and this was very selfish of me um which i, I like i said i apologize to my sister when i got to like 18 19 years old i always said like man it's not, this is my real dad, and my real dad loves me less than, you know, mm-hmm. the adopted, yeah. you know, daughter. I, I couldn't understand her as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. anything my older sister asked, she got. And if I asked her anything, it'd be like, what do you want it for? You know, I played sports to impress my father. He never was really, never paid attention to me. My mother was so consumed with my, you know, my sisters, because they're, they're, they're women, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I was on the back burner for, like, honestly, all my life, I felt like that, to be honest, you know, when it, in terms of my parents. So the only way I felt like people listened to me was when I did write, you know, and um, maybe it was a way to kind of get attention. Maybe I did that. I was good at it. And mm-hmm. from the first time I wrote my story, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, Jamil is so good, mm-hmm. you know, but I was it was it was real for me. But my real story was um, was good to be. I don't know how to explain it. It was uh, it was. uh People found, um, people found, uh, I don't explain it. Even, even though these are my, you know, real stories and it's the way I expressed myself and the way I was heard, I felt, um, I kept on doing it because I also, re- I felt like I also received the attention I didn't get at home. You know, I wouldn't awards for this mm. thing. You know what I mean? It sounds, it, it maybe sounds mm. a little messed up, but as a child, you know, when you don't get, you know, when you don't think your, re- you, you don't think your parents love you, in the way mm-hmm. you expect them to love you, you kind of look for it in other ways and sometimes in unhealthy ways. I'm just thankful that I picked up writing and not something else, honestly, if that yeah. answers your question. I'm not sure if yeah. that answers your question. <laughs> Being a, a man and like having like a lack of like a role model, you know, mm-hmm. like really wanting that from your dad. How do you think this played in to like your idea of like wanting positive reinforcement? Hmm. Um, I think I was 
I was lucky. I think um, at 13 years old, so I was expelled out of my middle school. And I went to another middle school, Pitta Port, and uh, there was a vice principal there, Mr. Malibre. Um, He kind of took me, he changed my life, actually. He changed the trajectory of my life, honestly. If it wasn't for Mr. Malibre, I would probably be a jailbird. <laughs> um, no, honestly, he was a Jamaican vice principal, and most teachers saw me and just didn't think nothing of me. Um, but Mr. Malibre, you know, he saw more than, like, the athlete or the trouble kid, you know? He saw, like, potential almost. And um, it was in grade eight when I decided to um, be a better version of myself and that I didn't have to kind of be, um, I didn't have to be the person I was becoming, the bad person I was becoming, because definitely that person was bad. Um, so the lack of role model, I would, I would say like, you know, I was lucky to have people come in my life at certain key points to where I could always look up to somebody. Um, as far as it not being my father, it did affect me. Um, I think it still affects me a little bit. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't understand that that story. I love my father. You know, we're on, we're on a good. We're on, both my mother and my father we're on, a, we're on a good terms because I understand we only get one. But um, it's, uh, to be honest, it still affects me. You know, to you know, you can't. You know, you only get one father. You know, and as a as a kid, you know, my father was like a superhero to me. And I can remember my mom kind of used to say, uh, uh, why do you love him so much? Or why do you look up to him like that? You know, he doesn't really do much for you. It wasn't until I was like 12, 13 years old when, you know, I, I think I needed some school clothes and he didn't buy them for me. And then I, I, I did develop like a small hate for him for a short period of time. And, you know, it was like, it was like a reality check for me. And wow. then, yeah. And then when I moved away, you know, I think and I thank God for wisdom. Wisdom kind of showed me that, you know, regardless, you know, your parents have their own traumas and their own struggles. And yes, I'm a child. I really shouldn't have, I shouldn't, you know, consider them, but wisdom has allowed me to consider their issues and what they had to grow up, you know, going through. And, you know, through that, I've been able to find peace with both my parents and just accept them for, you know, who they are and what they've done for me, regardless of how, you know, you know, if, if, if it was minimum, I don't think it was minimum because I'm here could have died you know I could, they could have gave me up you know something so much things could have happened but you know at least they did give me 15 years where they were there for me mm-hmm. you know and that's more than what a lot of other people get but yeah, it had a big effect on me Sorry, yeah ahead. and it sounds it sounds just it sounds like tough but you know you, you you made it out the other side really um you know especially like during that difficult time like adolescence you you made it you know out Besides, like, your school teacher, who were your other inspirations? Like, who did you look up to? Who kind of gave you a window out of your situation? Um, so Mr. Malibre, he was one that was when I was 13 years old. I would say as a kid. So as a kid, I would say only probably Mr. Malibre as far as inspiring me. And then as an mm-hmm. adult, you know, I met a, a gentleman named Rob Thorndike. You know, a good friend of mine, you know, mm-hmm. always believed in me, you know, always invested in me. Um, he also showed me, like, light within myself. Um, sorry, as a kid, there was this, there was this, there was a friend, this girl, I used, this friend I had. Her name was, um, I don't even name drop her name. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I, I didn't want to name drop her. 
friend, my friend, um, Holly, um, mm-hmm. she met me when my mother left. My mother left to live in Miami, and my mm-hmm. father got remarried. And so it was just me and my little sister in our house. It was government housing. And um, she kind of would always talk about being selfless, right? And um, wow. yeah, young, sweet, 16, 16. Yeah, she's, she's beyond her years. She would always mm-hmm. talk about being selfless. And I never really understood it, but it, it mm-hmm. always interested me. She's like, yes, being selfless. And she's like, oh, you're selfless. And I'm like, I didn't even know what that meant. You know, for somebody mm-hmm. to tell me I'm selfish, I don't know what that means. I was I was confused. It wasn't until I was a little bit older where I should understand a lot of her conversation, but she made me see beyond myself in a weird way. I don't know how that makes that or she made me yeah. want to see beyond myself and like not always be fully concerned about my situation, no matter how bad it was. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Like no, it was, I, I think I think you're explaining it perfectly. And I think that idea of the collective good, kind of mm-hmm. thinking of a bigger, greater picture is, is like a profound thing for like a child to communicate to another child. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 um, I always say like at that specific time in my life, that was definitely a needed message. Even though I didn't, I would say I didn't act on it fully then um, mm-hmm. as I got older it became very important to me, kind of like my purpose, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, my people, to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, 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 I always give that girl her, uh, you know, her flowers. I tried to give her flowers. There was a time that we didn't talk for a while, but, you know, recently, you know, I had to, cause I don't know, you never know who's going to pass away. You know, I reconnected with her and I just let her know like those words and just the conversations we used to have it was another bright spot or light in my life in a very dark time, yeah. you know? So I would say her, Mr. Malibre, and it's, it's funny because she's a woman, but like she really did. Um, some probably I, I not looked up to a little bit, you know, kind of like inspired to be like, you know, spiritual wise. Um, yeah. And then as I got older, Ralph Thorndike, and then I think that's pretty much it, to be honest, you know? Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's it 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 comes through, you know. It it like really, um, like her influence, especially it it comes through. And it's it's interesting how like the people that we meet along the way just shapes us and shapes who we are. You know, I agree because at sixteen, like she said some stuff to me about myself that today I'm looking like, yo, I don't know how she kind of knew that or saw that. You know, I don't think, I think people don't really, I, I think sometimes people can't see themselves, but to see someone in the way she saw me at such a young age where I wasn't even developed, I wasn't even near who I am today. Mm. That's like, I don't know, vision, foresight, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> all of them in one, you know, so yeah. 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 It's amazing. Now, I, w- I want to talk a bit about like the art of black. Yes. Um And how it came to be like your creative process how did everything come together um could could we talk a bit about that okay so it's actually funny because the song originally had a whole different uh the music was different at first really yes it was i can't believe that (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll, I'll send it to you. It was it was different. Yeah. It was completely different. Um, and I actually put my 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 brother, not by blood but by choice. You know, mm-hmm. Tobias, name Tobias. He's also a, a phenomenal artist in my opinion. Um, yeah, I got a name drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and he was singing on it at first, but the beat and just the way it felt, mm-hmm. it it didn't. It, I didn't fully express the way I, you know, the way I wanted it, the way I wanted to express the feeling I got when you first inspired me. So it was right. It was just, it was, it was actually, it was telling me, I'm like, man, I can't send this to you. There's no way, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the first day I went to the studio. That was like April 7th, if I recall. April 7th? No. Mm-hmm. When did I send it on April 12th? Oh, beginning of April, maybe April 1st or 2nd, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what? I got, I got, I love the words, but I don't like mm. the song. Like the words that's, were it. Hmm? That that um that melody is so smooth and it's so gentle, and you know it's 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 makes such a contrast to the words. You know, the words are really it's it's powerful, but 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 it's 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 more kind of thoughtful. You know. But but that that melody really carries it through, and it makes you want to listen, you know, because it's just such a, it's so smooth. It's it's just such a, it's sweet. It's a sweet. It's it's sweet. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, I also was very considerate about this being a podcast, right? Mm. So I thought about what information would be shared, and and how do you get listeners to kind of lock in to receive you know, you know, this type of information, you know, because you have yeah. to pick interest in my opinion. So mm. I said to myself, if you're hearing my voice first or last, how do I make it memorable? Mm. You know, so um, the music was important. I remember you said you like Letter J a lot. Mm. So at first I'm like, mm, maybe a little different. But then when I heard the different, I'm like, ah, I don't like it. Let's go back to the Letter J feeling. So mm. about that music, um, and then I formed the words around that music, or it's instrumental, it's a beat. I formed the words around that, and I kind of just took my time. I, I really do believe sometimes when you rap, if you slow it down a little bit, you can digest what's being said, you know, better, rather than be so caught up in what we call flow, you know what I'm saying, and you missing an opportunity to reach a listener, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, uh, I, like I said, there was no singing even on that version. And then when the rapping was done, I'm like, man, there's still something missing. And I was like racking my mind. And I'm like, you know, Mike, just let me sing. <laughs> so, then, so then I sung, you know, from yeah. the beginning to the end. Wow. Yeah. So, so so the singing came at the end yeah, like, yeah. of the process. Yeah. And you thought, well, you know, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's it what it, like it, the it glue. seems like that. Yeah. It, it really seems like that. You know, I I um I really love this um like the letter of the letters of the alphabet. Letters form um words speak. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's a it's a huge project. Um yes. and it's amazing. It's it's very um diverse, you know, it's got so many different themes and things going on there. Can can you just kind of go back to that? As, as an inspiration for this um, Art of Black? Yeah, well, I, when I first started, um, well, when I f- first got the idea for the project, you know, I'm kind of, 
I'm like a I, I would say I'm a visionary, you know. Mm. I I try to have meaning to everything I do. Actually, don't try it. It's, that's the purpose. Everything I do has to have some kind of meaning. Um, I was 22 years old at the time, 2012, and I I was I was in a very I was in a very uh, complicated situation, a very stressful situation, and I just didn't understand the people around me. I didn't understand at the time why I had to go through so much and how was I going to express all of my feelings and all of my, um, all of my, my journey from that mm-hmm. point forward uh, to where people could digest it um, the way I wanted them to digest it. You know, not just, I feel like complain a little, even though I do complain in my first letters, um, <laughs> not just make it sound like complaining, but let, you know, bring them, bring them through the, uh, bring them, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, pain. Pain. Pardon? Go ahead. Pain. Pain. That's yes. Pain. Let them understand yeah. my pain. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And then bring them through my evolution or let them see my evolution through the music. So I remember the first song, Letter A, I was sitting in my friend's basement. I'm broke. I got no money. Nobody got money. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, it goes, I got three friends, all broke. (laughs) First word, (laughs) we lost hope. A nine to five, that's how I die slow. Uh, uh, Nine to five, I die slow. Uh, I can't remember. I'm tired. I can't remember the rest of the lyrics. But it was pretty much explaining my situation. And just being frustrated at the, you know, like we're all sitting here, all broke, no hope, all working nine to fives. We all feel like slaves, and it's just like, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of mad at my friends and mad at myself, mad at my family, mad at my girlfriend at the time. I'm just like, man, this is a big waste of time. And as for me personally, I've always had aspirations. You know, I've always said, you know what? We gotta build businesses. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. And I felt like I was always dragging people. I was always trying to push people to become more than what we were at the moment. I, at that point, I was just tired. Yeah. So I wrote letters. And then, sorry, let me go back. I apologize. The entire project was basically a way for me to make songs using the alphabet, give it to people, and hopefully through me giving my emotion to the alphabet, people can start talking about their emotions and what they've been through. Because a, a common theme in the Black community is to not talk about what you're going through, to not be transparent. I'm super, super transparent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's helped me. It's been its own therapy. Even though I do believe people should go through therapy, I've been to therapy, I still go to therapy. Um, learning to express yourself um, and to learn to be transparent about what you're going through in the moment is a therapy in itself. And it would help a lot of us not to be angry all the time, like I used to be. You know, so letter from work was just my, it was like my gift to my, my, to my people. Like, this is exactly, this everything in that project that I'm going through that I was going through at that moment. Every single thing is true. Wow. You know, at one point, letter F, I questioned God. I, I believe in God. I was questioning God. I'm like, yo, I'm going through all these things. Where you at? <laughs> you know, like, where you at? Like, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you, but it's feel like you're leaving me out to, 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 in the dry. Yeah. You know, I I just letter letter F, letter G, another song you talked about. I was talking about this the mentality of the ghetto and um, you know, the the gangster culture and the hazards of that and mm-hmm. wanting to be free. Like, is there a place where you know where dreams can last forever? 
Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 a it's a range of emotion, uh, testimonies, you know, thoughts, and just yeah. I hope that answered your question. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I think, and 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 I think, you know, something that um, you pick up again in like the art of black is the idea of the fold that black mm-hmm. people inhabit. Like, what is this? What what is the fold that you have to protect? Like, protect the fold. I I kind of get an an idea that it's kind of about like space and a safe space. But can you talk a bit about that? All right. So I purposely, when you sent me the questions, I purposely, I purposely tried not to look at them so I could give honest answers, you know, because for me, I overthink everything, you know, mm. and then by the time we got yeah, to this, yeah. I, I would have just been giving you like a rehearsed answer. So yeah. for me, the fold, you know, that's a very good question. Like I said, that wasn't a written, but that lyric was not written down. That like wow. was a freestyle. Yeah. Um, And like I said, it came from that same place where you inspired me. So for me, the fold has always been like, you know, my people, you know, from old to young. You know, I feel like throughout history, we've done things for ourselves, you know, or not not all of us, but there's been particular people um, who've looked out for themselves and kind of didn't care about the quote unquote fold or the rest of the people. Now, a lot of people would call them sellouts, you know, but I don't want to focus on the sellout. I don't want to focus on the mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when are we going to get to the place where it's not just about me? It's about yeah. us, you know? Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's always been about us. Everything I do is for us, you know? And when I say us, you know, it goes deeper than, like, you know, we have children. Yes, I have my children. You know, I love my children, but do I save my children and kill my people? You know, I feel like, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but yeah. these are conversations I have with myself from my kid. It's just like, you have to make the hard decisions to protect the fold, to protect the people. You know, we give away a lot of us. We give a lot. We give away a lot. We give, we give ourselves away a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and we don't concern ourselves of the future mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Not all of us, but, you know, certain people. And I just feel like, not just, not just like the people, but the things the culture, you know, like art, you know, like like cuisine, like everything that is attached to us as a people, we need to protect. Because in protecting those things, we protect us. And because we didn't protect those things, we destroyed ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, we understand the history and it's not necessarily us destroying ourselves, but you get what I mean. That's that's my idea of the fold. You know, everything pertaining to us as a people, not just the people itself. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like in the, you know, towards towards the end, you talk about, you know, like the worth of a sister and the worth of a brother, mm-hmm. and protecting a protecting the soul and protecting the fold, you know, yes. and how it's kind of how it's um, bound together, how it's all bound together, like your sense of identity and your soul and your yes. sense of belonging and all these things, yes. um, and you know, I wanted to. Like earlier, you you sent me an email with this idea of the Groyot. Griot. Oh yeah, Griot. Griot. Yeah, yes. Griot. West and African I thought, word. Yeah, and and yes. I, I and I wanted to I wanted you just to you know end off by talking about that because I really I, I got a sense that you know there is so much of this kind of this person this person in in your writing especially in this piece you know, about like messages and about like history and sharing, 
sharing with like you know um your community about you know like your ideas okay so um, who, who is yeah. the griot so how I was introduced to that term my 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 brother named tobias again he used to be a producer that he turned a rapper but um we had this project called the rise of a nation in 2011 and the last song he said he named the beat griot and i said what is griot bitch? he goes it's a west african word for storyteller and i'm like oh that's like that's dope mm-hmm. and um from then on you know i researched what the griots were and the griots are pretty much like like i said the the people in the tribe who would pass the stories down you know what i mean to generations and stuff like that and that's what i feel like i do i you know i don't really consider myself an mc like in the email we we're talking about our master of ceremonies i really do consider myself more of a, a, a griot because all my music they're all story based you know they're all intentional they're all speaking of our history or um i feel like writing about our future you know mm-hmm. so for me who the griot is like in terms of do you mean like who who do i feel i am as a griot yeah. sorry just to clarify yes. that's, that's yeah okay so hmm, that's a good question <laughs> mm-hmm. um i feel like for my generation um i feel like i don't know if this is gonna answer the question but this is the answer i do have i feel like i'm through my through my uh, stories and through through the music, um, I'm showing other men that it's okay to be, you know, emotional. It's okay to be in pain. It's okay to to love. And at times you're gonna go through heartbreak. You know, everything's not gonna be okay. But you know, keep telling your story. That's hard. That's who. That's who I feel like. That's my identity as a griot. You know just showing a full full spectrum of being a black man and sometimes a black person, you know? I don't know if that made sense, but that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, uh, sorry, Jamil, thank you, know? you. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And no, thank, thank you so you. much for, for like writing this incredible song. It's just so beautiful. And yeah, it's, it was amazing. And I'm so happy that, that you agreed to come and um, talk with me today. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring it. I promise you, if we didn't have that conversation that day and, you know, you didn't share with me, I do believe it's how you felt mm-hmm. as well as the history of, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, um, the, the mask. Um, I wouldn't have never, I don't think that song would have ever came to existence because mm-hmm. as a right, that, as a, as a, as a griot, that's how I work. I need to be inspired something needs to be sparked within me and i'm glad that we were able to create such a impactful song mm-hmm. yeah that's fantastic so thank you very thank much. You so much i appreciate you thank you jamil thank no you problem so much. have a wonderful day guys take care <laughs> thank you for listening to with open mouths the podcast Special thanks to our guest, Jamil 3DN, for speaking with us today. The podcast is hosted by myself, Dr. Connie Talila, and produced by Agnes Etherington Art Centre in partnership with Queen's University's campus radio station, CFRC 101.9 FM. 
Music is composed by Jamil Friedman and produced by Al Roy EC3 Cox III. Subscribe now so that you don't miss our next episode. You can find the podcast at Digital Agnes, CFRC's website, and on podcasting platforms like Apple, Google, and Spotify. We'll see you next time. They thought we would stay slaves. One chapter, but this novel has many.